you are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And today's episode of Locked on Mizzou is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. And you know what? That was a heck of a satisfying Missouri victory, wasn't it? As many of the players said after the game, we finally got that annoying gnat from out of our purview. Get him out of our face. The Kentucky Wildcats, finally, the burr in our saddle has been removed and we got a victory. It sure felt good, didn't it? And you know what? <laughs> During the game, I tweeted out at Locked On Mizzou. I said, man, this game is starting to feel very 2018. And a lot of people shited me for that. In fact, some of my good friends did too. But you know what? It was very 2018. Except the difference is we didn't mess it up this time. Because guess what? That was a low-scoring game that Missouri had basically dominated with ball control offense. But... Instead, the execution was just far superior. There was no late punt return, no late defensive mess-ups, all that good stuff. And instead, Missouri dominated the game. Larry Roundtree, in fact, ended up with 37 carries to Kentucky's 36 overall snaps offensively. Just to show you how much Missouri just controlled the football, controlled possession of the game, It was really incredible and and not the type of game plan that I was expecting, quite honestly. The big cliche it became after the game is that, well, Missouri beat Kentucky at its own game, but, well, it only becomes a cliche generally if it's true, and I think you've got to say that's true. Even, Even Mark Stoops, after the game, admitted as much and said Missouri was just more physical and dominated and just won the game the way Kentucky wanted to play, which was by running the football getting a lead, and just salting the game away. And that's exactly what the Tigers did. You've got to be especially impressed, in my opinion, with the defense, number one. I mean, I was really worried. Obviously, after the Tennessee game, man, something changed. I'm not sure what, but we haven't given up anything on the ground since then, hardly. I frankly thought the LSU game, the running stats in that may have been a little bit fluky. I don't know, just something about game flow. Maybe LSU was having enough success through the past that perhaps that running defense wasn't sustainable. But my goodness, you look at what they did to Kentucky, that's really, really impressive. But you got to say, a good game plan by Ryan Walters, too. He likes to play a lot of cover one, tight man-to-man defense on the outside And by golly, he was leaving Ennis Rakestraw in particular with almost no help. And Rakestraw did get beat for the one touchdown of the game for Kentucky. But I tell you, I thought he was in pretty good shape there. He wasn't out of position by any means. It took a really, really good throw by Terry Wilson to get that one home. So overall, I thought the defense was just absolutely tremendous. What can you say? And I thought... Overall, you know, we learned from the LSU game that Eli Drinkwitz, the end of the game there, he basically asked Ryan Walters, our defensive coordinator, if Ryan wanted a timeout or not. And Walters said, we're good. And Drink went with that. And I think Drink went with Walters today, too. I think there had to be something 
that Walter saw. He just was confident that this group could shut down this Kentucky running game, and by golly, they did. Really impressive work by Ryan and the whole the whole defense, quite frankly. Just just stellar job. Missouri made what is a definitely a one-dimensional offense, really almost zero-dimensional. Their running game was not particularly effective for the most part. But I got to say, there was just a couple things from Kentucky that I just really, really didn't understand. Number one, they started the game, their first possession, and they had Terry Wilson just simply drop back to pass on first and second down. And well, as you might imagine, that quickly led to a three and out by Kentucky. Just completely going against all tendencies, of course, but to me, that was just way too cute by half. And if you're going to let Wilson throw, if you want to have him throw it on the first play of the game, fine. But you know Missouri is bound to be geared up to stop the run. Why not play action and take a shot play to Josh Ali? Fine. Go ahead and do that. But to just simply drop back from shotgun two times in a row with Wilson, well, that was the perfect way for Missouri to start the game. I'll tell you that. But then to me... To pull out Terry Wilson, to pull him in and out of the game throughout this contest in favor of of Joey Gatewood, who frankly did nothing, was one of four passing for 12 yards. I'm not really sure what the point of that was. Maybe they saw something in Gatewood in practice that, that we haven't seen on the field, but to me, if that's the case, then start Joey Gatewood. If he's better, then start him. But if you're going to start Terry Wilson you got to run your offense. you got to run it how Kentucky runs the offense, and you can't just yank him in and out of the game. What's that going to do for his confidence? What's that going to do for your ball club's confidence? Missouri certainly looked like a confident bunch yesterday, didn't they? Jumping up and down on the sidelines, showing all kinds of energy. Rubbed some people the wrong way online, I noticed. You know what I say to that? Good. I'm glad. I'm glad we're playing with a little edge, and I'm glad we're having some fun, too. Why not? 2020 hasn't been enough fun. Let's have some. And you know what? Speaking of fun, when it's time to celebrate responsibly, there's no better way than with a cold, delicious Coors Light, in my humble opinion. Mmm, ah, yes. That mountain cold refreshment that's made to chill. Coors Light is a cold-lagered, cold-filtered, And cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's a crisp and refreshing drink that is as refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. And honestly, I loved nothing more than cracking a cold, refreshing Coors Light after that Missouri victory. Just the best way to finish the day, quite honestly. And that's why Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you need to hit the reset button, reach for the beer... That's made to chill. And get Coors Light in the new look, delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. That's get.coorslight.com. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And quickly, I just want to hit up my good friends over at Built Bar, who do have an all-new style for their delicious, best-tasting protein bars, And that is they have six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, oh yes, and three secret ones. I'm going to make you go to BuiltBar.com 
figure it out for yourself and frankly just try them all figure out which one suits your fancy the most the best part about build bar is it's great for the health conscious guy lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious delicious chocolatey treat these bars are low cal low sugar low protein and high in fiber great for that keto diet so go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. So I haven't actually done my Sunday morning reading yet. Had a bunch of had a bunch of stuff to do. Was a little busy. Had a little family photo shoot and everything. So forgive me if this has been pointed out. But you know what? I got to point it out anyway, even if it has. I believe this podcast. Has, some act, has helped enact some positive change. I really do. That's right. Yes, we can. This podcast is the best, isn't it? Because you know what? At Furrow Field, I've been complaining about guys getting, about guys skidding on that stupid track for at least a couple seasons now. Well, you know what? They finally did something about it. They put down some sort of surface to stop that from happening, at least by those by those brick stairs anyway in the corners in the two corners of the north end zone. So that was nice. Frankly, I think they should extend it all the way around the track. Why not? That can't possibly cost that much money. But you know what? It's a start. It's an improvement. At least they won't go sliding into those brick staircases anymore. Good good. Good on you, Mizzou Athletic Department. And thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Now, back to the game. Obviously, you might think Larry Roundtree gets the game ball, right? And I certainly don't have any problem with that. Anytime somebody totes the rock 37 times in a victory. Oh, and by the way, he also passed Brock Olivo for third all-time on Mizzou's rushing list, trailing only teammates Zach Abron and Brad Smith. How about that? I believe Roundtree also passed Olivo for fifth on the touchdown list. I don't have this in my notes, but I believe I heard that in the stadium. So correct me if I'm wrong there, but you know what? If I'm being perfectly honest at times during that game in the first half, especially I was thinking, boy, this is almost uh, this is a little conservative. I'd like to see him like the, like, like Missouri to let Connor Basilak throw the ball a titch bit more. And I wasn't the only one. My father was saying the same thing. And he's a he's an old school, establish the run kind of guy too. And even he was going, gee, let him throw it a little bit. But you got to give Eli credit, the whole staff, the whole team credit. The game plan worked. They went out and executed it. And even though you look at the average per carry there, not necessarily spectacular, and the interesting thing was, as I've pointed out, that if you look at the numbers and just by the eyeballs, sure seems like Missouri does better on the inside zone type plays versus outside zone. But man, we ran just tons and tons and tons of outside zone yesterday. And to, you know, I would say mostly middling effect often, like pretty good effect at times, but then other times not so great, right? It was a mixed bag, but the point was is we didn't take a lot of losses. For the most part, we were moving forward, and that just allowed us to never be other than once or twice in like third and, and impossible. And guess what? When it was third and six, when it was third and seven, or even third and nine or ten, Connor Basilak 
again and again came up with the play that we needed. He was really low-key good in that game yesterday. I mean, I'm telling you, his numbers are going to pop a lot more against LSU, for sure. He had 400 yards versus 201 in this game. He was 21 for 30. That's a 6.7 average per, per completion. And he also didn't throw a touchdown pass. So nothing spectacular there, right? But I'm just telling you, over and over again, when Missouri needed the play on third down and they decided to pass, Basilak was able to do it. It was really impressive stuff. And most importantly is the big goose egg next to that touchdowns, which is interceptions. He didn't throw an interception and Missouri didn't turn the ball over once. That's a beautiful thing. And by the way, that mostly clean football game, especially in terms of turnovers, it was a perfectly clean game. No thanks, no small part to Cade Musser. Man, Cade Musser was really good. He didn't do, I don't know if he had a punt return yard in that game. I think he fair caught every single one of them. And guess what? Good. Fantastic. Well done. I'm really happy. That's all we needed. All we needed was a guy who could catch the ball. And frankly, especially with that punter, too. With a rugby-style punter, there was maybe one time, there was definitely one time where Musser, in retrospect, had a chance to at least bring it back a few yards. He had enough room. But honestly, the way Missouri's been with returning the ball this year, and just in general, you just want a guy back there who can catch it. And good for him, a guy, a former walk-on. I don't know if he has a scholarship. Maybe he's a current walk-on. I know he was he, – he, I'm not sure if he's on scholarship or not. But regardless, Cade Musser in a pressure situation, a huge game for Missouri, a game that they needed, and a game that we knew we needed to play a, a turnover-free game. We knew we couldn't afford one mistake back there. And by golly, he didn't make one. So tip of the, ca- tip of the hat to Mr. Cade Musser for sure. Oh, and by the way, just while I'm looking at it here, Brandon Kiley at BK Sports Talk on Twitter had a really good stat to put the whole game in perspective. Kentucky's 36 offensive plays were the fewest in a game by an SEC team in at least two decades per sports reference. Wow, there you go. Hey, all I can say to that is we want Florida. And after this quick break... More Mizzou talk, including, well, just a couple nitpicks from yesterday's game. Frankly, I think when I when I started to get the 2018 flashbacks, truly, at least in a negative way, was when Eli Drinkwitz, after a 21-play drive by Missouri, had a fourth and one, it may have been fourth and inches even, and he elected to go for it. Missouri didn't get it, and... At the time, I promise you before before the result, I was saying, you know what? I'm normally a go-for-it kind of guy, especially fourth and ones. I'm a big believer in going for it more often than not. Now, of course, there's a lot of context to that. Normally, in those type of situations, I would say go for it. But the later the game gets, the more possessions, obviously, are at a premium, and especially the way that particular game had gone at that point. A 10-point lead just felt insurmountable. And obviously the way Grant McKinnis has kicked the ball this year, you feel really confident that he's going to make a, 
I don't know what a 30 yard field goal. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure where Missouri was on, on the field, but to me, that was a mess up by Eli. And frankly, after the game, he said that was a coaching screw up. So I'm glad he agrees with me, frankly, because if it was early in the game, if it was the first quarter, I'd have said, sure, go for it. Awesome. But again, late in the game, possessions at a premium, that, that should have been a field goal attempt, in my humble opinion. But the good news is, ultimately, the Missouri defense did hold up on the subsequent possession there by Kentucky, so ultimately didn't cost us anything and shows why, in the long run, in the aggregate, especially early in the game, that's why you maybe do want to go for it deep in the other team's territory because even if you don't get it, you put them in a tough spot. By the way, after the LSU game, I compared Eli Drinkwitz's game plan in that ball game to a, to a bit of an Andy Reid-like game plan. Well, to take that Chiefs analogy even further, this was more of a Herm Edwards-style game plan, which is beautiful that, frankly, Eli can do both things. But unfortunately, the one thing that Herm and Andy Reid have in common, and they have almost nothing in common offensively, but... Neither was very good at managing the clock. And at the end of the first half, that wasn't Eli's best moment either, was frankly managing the clock there. I thought in particular there was a, definitely too much running at the end of the half, but I thought we were just way too content to settle for a field goal. But to me, when Larry Roundtree, they did a, set, a first and 10 run, He's down with about 40 seconds to play, I think 38 seconds to be exact, and Missouri doesn't get a snap off until about 20 seconds, so they lost nearly 20 seconds, about 18, 19 seconds, I believe there, by not calling a timeout, and that was just unnecessary. It just seemed like he was being overly conservative as far as leaving absolutely any time on the clock whatsoever, but again... The way that game was playing out, were you afraid of, were you in any way afraid of Kentucky, who ended up completing four passes in the game? That's right, it's the year 2020, and a team completed four passes in an SEC game. Were you worried about them rushing down the field in a, not a two-minute drill, but like, say, a 25-second drill? No, there's no chance. Kentucky would have taken a knee and gone to the half. Sean Ketting would have kicked a touchback, and that would have been that. So, obviously an excellent ball game by Eli and the whole staff, but if I have to, if I have to nitpick something, if I have to criticize something, well, that would, those would be the two things there for sure. I didn't have much else to complain about. Well, other than, frankly, one call. If you, if you, sat, if you sat in the south end zone, especially the upper level, you might have heard me yelling about the Boo Smith holding penalty that was way downfield. Didn't seem to have a whole lot to do with the play, but my main beef is that I was yelling, are you kidding me? This is how wide receivers block. Welcome to 2020. That was my beef. I, I just, To me, the amount of holding that especially wide receivers get away with on running plays or screen passes to the outside I don't know. I just unless you actually take a guy down, I, I just didn't see that play. I just didn't see that whatsoever. There was a couple shaky, shaky holding calls way downfield that wiped out some big Mizzou gains. But fortunately, Tigers no worse for the wear, and they took down the Kentucky Wildcats 
20 to 10. And you know what? That was kind of a nice bit. Maybe I'm the only one who would notice this, but the Tigers beat LSU on 10, 10, 20. And can, and the Tigers the next week, their next game, I should say, beat the Wildcats 20 to 10. So just a bit of number symmetry there that only a nerd like me would probably notice. But Anyway, with all that being said, sorry this recap was a little bit late. Frankly, I was in no shape to do a show last night, and I also didn't have the ad calendar out for the Locked On Network yet, so I didn't know who was going to be advertising quite yet, so just had to make sure I'll, make sure I had all my ducks in a row before we got recording. So thanks for being patient, and with all that said, good luck to Drew Locke this afternoon against the Kansas City Chiefs. I hope he throws for 500 yards in a loss. So with all that being said, I'm John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou.